0: Hello, I am Joshua P. Warren, and this is a special report. I'm about to play some audio for you that is supposedly testimony from an Area 51 whistleblower, a man who says that he piloted a reverse-engineered UFO. Now, I'll tell you right up front, this may be bullshit. Uh, Or, it may not be bullshit. I'm not exactly sure. So, I figure there's no harm in sharing it with you and getting your feedback. You have to understand, I am currently based out of Las Vegas, Nevada. And as the crow flies, Area 51 is less than 100 miles north of here. It's like 80-some miles. And... A fighter jet like an F-16 can cover that distance in like two or three minutes. And some of these UFOs supposedly travel thousands of miles per hour. And so that means if there is some UFO flying around Area 51, uh, you know, it would be here around my place in no time. So I could pretty much go out on my balcony and look north and, you know, I can kind of see what's happening at Area 51, it's it's that it's almost like literally in my backyard. So I am I'm especially interested in stories related to Area 51. Now, of course, there have been various Area 51 type whistleblowers over the years. Most famously, Bob Lazar, the controversial Bob Lazar. This is a man that I'd not heard of before, and this was brought to my attention by a listener named Chris. And before I tell you about this audio. Uh and, and and play it for you. I just want to make something very crystal clear right up front here. Uh, I am not in the whistleblower business. I would never release any kind of information that I might come across that I felt would somehow jeopardize the security of my country. Uh, the reason I felt comfortable playing this for you is that it's actually been out there for a few years now. I just had never come across it before. Um, this was posted on on YouTube originally. Um, I understand it was posted by Apex TV, which is a really interesting YouTube channel. I actually subscribed to them. and so like you know th- I think it already has had like over a million views, and it's been posted in two or three places. so I'm not I'm not like breaking anything. That, uh, is questionable here because I, I would I would actually feel very uncomfortable being the first person to um, to break a story if I thought it might somehow jeopardize something that's that's truly classified. Um, and you also must understand that if I had loose lips then I uh, I would not be able to function as a paranormal investigator. I mean all these decades that I've been investigating, people's homes and listening to their problems I mean I'm telling you uh, some of it's very sensitive stuff and uh, when people come to me and they say I have a case and I, I'm hoping you can investigate it or research it for me or help me with something and I choose to take that case if they want everything to remain private then I'm just like a lawyer or a doctor I mean I will never talk about it so don't worry about me um you know be betraying some some trust by playing this for you and here's the bottom line when you watch this video what you see and it's it's about 12 minutes long you see a large bald older fella he's wearing a, a khaki shirt and khaki pants so he kind of looks like a zookeeper and um, he's obviously standing in front of a green screen. There's kind of a starry background. And he begins to tell his story, saying that he worked at Groom Lake, which is the I mean, people talk about Area 51, but the actual um, that actual piece of property is known as, as Groom Lake. And so according to this man who identifies himself as Robert Miller, aliens and extraterrestrial craft are being kept there. And he says that he was part of a top secret project in which he was chosen to pilot a reverse-engineered UFO. And he's, he says, you know, basically I'm getting up there in years and I've decided it's time to just come clean and tell everybody about this. Now, uh, I will tell you that as you listen to this, well, for one thing, the quality is is really not that great. So you might have to struggle a little bit uh, to make out some of what he's saying. Uh, And also, there are definitely times when you get the sense that he is uh, probably reading part of this from a teleprompter, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's not true. It's actually quite common for someone to decide to make a statement, especially about something that happened a long time ago and they want to get all their facts organized and they don't want to forget anything and to to sort of write that down and 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 more or less read it or or refer to it so that alone does not necessarily undermine what he's saying and i think the best thing i can do right now is just play this 12 minute audio for you and then after that i will uh i'll come back and give you some of my thoughts on this guy and what you've listened to. So uh here we go Robert Miller Area fifty one whistleblower.
1: Hello, my name is Robert Miller. The reason I'm recording this video is because I have to get this off my comment. What I'm about to tell you, is something I haven't even told my closest relatives. My mother hinted at it, but never asked me directly. And after making this video, I'm going to be living on the run for fear of our government. Because they're going to try and hunt me down, so I can't disclose more to anybody. That is why I intend to tell you everything in this video that I can remember. I'm old. The public needs to know this. Some of the most amazing discoveries and achievements of mankind are being hidden from you. That is not right. My story starts as a kid. I grew up in a small town in southern Nevada. My dad was an aerospace engineer. I remember he always worked late hours. He could never tell us what he did for a job. My mom always told me not to ask him about it. He taught me to fly at an early age. I was a licensed pilot at 15. And when I got old enough, I went into the Marine Corps as a pilot. One thing led to another, and soon I was considered one of the top pilots in the Marines. At the time, I was 28 years old and was thinking about leaving the Marine Corps, maybe finding a job back home, starting a family, that is, until I received the letter, I remember it said, classified, eyes only, on the envelope and the only name on it was mine, Robert Miller. I opened the letter in private. It said that I was qualified for a top secret position as a test pilot at Groom Lake Test Facility. I thought, great. It also said a plane would be picking me up in Las Vegas airport underground building that was built in kind of like a side of a hill. And yes, the man in black are real. Believe me, they're real. I remember going down long hallways with many doors on each side. We went down several flights of stairs. It must have been far underground at that point. They showed me into a small room with a single bed and a desk. Then they told me this is where I was going to be living for the next two months. Inside the room, there was a small, Weights for exercising. Before giving me the chance to even say no, the men left and locked the door. You can't object to these people. You have to comply no matter what. I looked inside one of the drawers in the desk and there was a booklet titled something like working at Groom Lake or something. I sat down on the bed and began to read it. It mentioned that there were 1,200 other employees working on the top secret base, and the public didn't know it existed. (coughs) It stated that the base also went by the name Area 51. It said the only way to get a job at Area 51 was to be invited by an insider. I assumed that my father invited me, and this is where he'd been working when I was a kid. He had long, long since retired by the time I got there, and I wasn't sure what was in store for me now. About an hour later, the men wearing the black suits opened the door, told me to come with them. I remember the halls were like long metallic tubes, very dim. They brought me up a couple flights of stairs and brought me to another room. They told me to sit down across from that table, and they continued to explain why I was there. They told me I was going to be a test pilot for a new technology. This technology was not developed by humans, they explained, that they had discovered remnants of a craft in 1947. That ring a bell, and they had reverse engineered it. I was going to be the first one to pilot it. Also, they threatened me again if I told anybody, even my family, there would be dire consequences for all. I asked them what were the origins of the craft they found, and if they really thought it was just from another country. They told me not of this world, and the beings that engineered it were extra-dimensional. They said the beings were still alive and were being kept in an undisclosed location on a facility. My first test flight was going to be tomorrow. I woke up early the next day, awaiting further instructions. Where I ate breakfast other death fatties. And got to know other people on the base. Each section of the base was highly compartmentalized. You only met with people who were doing similar jobs. I was then taken into a room in which they were to fit me with the gear needed to pilot the craft. My flight suit. A team of scientists wearing white suits me, took many, many tests, and they left me in a room alone for about an hour. I couldn't tell there was no clocks or or random in there. So anyway, I put on a suit and was escorted to a large warehouse. Then I saw it. In the middle of this warehouse was a large disk-shaped craft, I would have estimated 50 feet from end to end, edge to edge. There was a transparent dome at the top, and I assumed that this is where I was going to pilot it. The few engineers came to me explaining how the craft worked. It was powered by an antimatter reactor. One engineer told me that the reactor produced bursts of intense energy that could actually generate wormholes and make the craft travel at near the speed of light. They then said that my test flight was going to be delayed until the next day because they had to explain to me everything I needed to know in order to be able to pilot this thing. Now, I'm just going off what I can remember. There was a lot of specifics, gauges and things, but as I've gotten older, so I'm telling you as much as I can possibly remember. I do remember they brought me inside the craft and up to the pilot seat. There was only room for one person in that giant craft. I looked around on the concrete and only saw joystick, no steering wheel, no other controls, many odd looking gauges, but no controls. There was, however, a helmet that I was going to be putting on. They told me that the craft was controlled telepathically. The helmet measured my brain waves and it was to control the craft by simply thinking about it. After a hard night of trying to sleep thinking about this, morning came and it was finally time to take the craft for the first test flight. They brought it out under a tarp and ordered everyone working on the base to go inside. They wanted to keep everybody not knowing about this secret technology to a bare minimum. The only people outside to witness the test flight were a few scientists, engineers, air traffic controllers, and a tower. I was wearing the suit they'd give me, and after everybody was inside, they took the torque off. And they told me it was time. There were a lot of cameras facing that aircraft. I climbed up the ladder, alone, this time, to the cockpit, if you can call it that. I put on my helmet, plugged it in. I was given clearance by air traffic control, and it was time to take off. I was told to imagine the craft starting to float off the ground. But you know, it didn't work that way. Instead, I had to imagine that I was the craft, like part of it. And I, I began thinking of myself floating off the ground, and I felt vibrations from the antimatter reactor below me as it started to fire up. Within 10 seconds, the craft was off the ground, and I was flying. I looked around out of the dome and saw the people on the ground filming this historical event. I was instructed to take altitude to a thousand feet and return to the ground. I kept descending and kept looking at the altimeter. Soon I was 500 feet off the ground. Then I felt the vibration of the engine stop. I glanced at the altimeter and realized that I was rapidly losing altitude. There was no ejection button or lever on this craft, so I was effectively helpless. I kept trying to imagine the craft floating, but it was plunging towards the ground. The reactor powered on for the last second, and I went unconscious. The next thing I knew, I was in a hospital bed. There were casts on my leg. Apparently, I was still at base in their medical unit. A man wearing a black suit came in to explain to you what had happened. He said right before the crash, hit the ground and just like, boop, disappeared. Nobody was sure what had happened. Everybody just went inside the base and called it the a day. Then in the middle of the night, they heard a lot of cracking noise outside. Running out to see what happened, they saw the craft crashed in the spot it was about to crash them a while earlier, during the day. I was inside the pilot seat, unconscious. Both my legs were shattered. The scientists had uh, hypothesized that the craft had actually time traveled to a point in time several hours later. They said I was going to be going home soon because of medical discharge, because my legs were gone. They had me signed a non-disclosure, the third one, stating since the first meeting, I would not tell anybody as long as I live in making this video. Well, as you can see, I have gone against this NDA contract because I feel the public needs to know about this. Mind you, they had this technology in the 1950s. So imagine what secret technology they might have right now. If anything happens to me within the coming days, well, you're going to know why, I guess. The truth is more important than my safety right now, though. Please take this information and do whatever you please with it. I just want to get this story out there because I've been living a lie for a long, long time. My sincere hope is that the story gets heard by as many people possible. Many of you are going to think I'm lying. But I'm not interested in talking to those people. I'm only speaking to those of you that will listen. I would love to hear any questions you may have. I will check in from time to time with Apex TV. Maybe your questions will spark my memory and help me remember any details I have forgotten. I would like to thank Apex TV for distributing my message and you for listening.
0: Okay, so uh, again, yes, courtesy Apex TV, a great YouTube channel. You should subscribe to them. I don't know anybody over there, but they just have a lot of really interesting, thought provoking content. So, what do you think, guys? Uh, what, what is your gut instinct about what you just heard? Pretty wild story, huh? I mean, the guy traveled through time. And let me just, you know, give you some of my uh, initial sort of, sort of first reactions. You may have noticed that when he was talking about, uh, the instruments, he said, um, he said odometer instead of altimeter. And it's very easy to just jump to the conclusion, oh, there's no way a pilot who is, you know, this elite would mistaken, mistakenly say uh, odometer instead of altimeter. But I must tell you that that is, a, uh, that is an understandable error as outlandish as it may seem to to you uh, listening to the guy, because I have been a professional speaker for 30 years. And, you know, you can get online and just listen to years of. And when I say years of me speaking, years of podcast, I mean, like if you played hour after hour, back to back, it would take you years listening 24 seven to get through some of the Audio clips that I have out there. And I know as a guy who speaks for a living that sometimes your brain says one thing and your mouth says another thing and you don't even know it's happened until you go back and you listen to it. I did that just last night. I was recording a podcast and I could have sworn that I said grandparents, but I said parents. And uh, I, so I had to listen to it. I was like, oh, I can't believe I said grandparents instead. Or I said parents instead of grandparents. So I had to go back and correct that. That is a phenomenon that's very strange. It's uh, and sometimes when you sort of get into the flow of what you're talking about, uh, again, it's it's almost like your brain is ahead of your mouth. So that is not such a big deal to me, uh, especially if you're you know an older gentleman, as uh, you know he he has alluded to. Um, I would, however, that said, I would have liked to hear a more technical presentation from him, though. I mean, for somebody uh, of his caliber, if this story is true, you would think that this would be a a very uh, highly skilled technical individual, you know, uh, almost an engineer type. It reminds me of when Neil Armstrong was the uh, you know the the commander of the uh, first landing there on the moon and he was an engineer I mean he really understood the nuts and bolts of how that craft worked uh, now you could say that something like alien technology is so exotic exotic and weird and different and foreign to our way of thinking that um, you can't really uh, apply it in, in the same manner that, that this guy, uh, he didn't really even know what he was doing because the guys who reverse engineered the craft didn't necessarily know what they were doing. They were just replicating what they had. And, and you have to understand that, that, uh, when it comes to reverse engineering something like a UFO, uh, to do that doesn't necessarily mean that you understand what you're doing. It's just a matter of whether or not you can duplicate <laughs> something you have to some degree. And so, I mean, again, I'm just trying to, to think outside the box and, and look at, you know, possible explanations for why this guy may have been a little more vague than we would like. But I have been unable just by searching on the internet to objectively verify his identity. I I searched for his name and all kinds of keywords, and I'm pretty good at investigating and researching people, and I haven't found anything else about the guy. So uh, if you know something more about him or his story, I would love to hear from you. I did come across another man named Robert Miller, who was a veteran who died, and some people were mistaking him for this guy. Uh, but um, they served in different branches of the military and all that, and they're obviously not the same individual. So I don't know what to make of this. Uh, my gut tells me that it's probably bullshit, but um, what if it's not? or at least what if some part of it's not? That's why I figured, you know I should I should share this with you and get your feedback so what i would like for you to do is shoot me an email or go on my social media of course my twitter is at joshua p warren and let me know what you think uh if you go to joshua p. and scroll down you'll find my email address there and i probably will not be able to respond to you uh don't worry about that just, i will read it though just you know write me a message and, and just say like well here's my opinion and i'll read it and then after i read a few hundred of these or whatever i get then um then maybe i'll learn something more and i'll kind of keep you updated so go to joshua and contact me there also you probably know this already, and I have a couple of other updates for you. Uh, when you go there, you must subscribe to my free e-newsletter so that I can immediately contact you when I have these kinds of special reports. You probably uh, listen to my show called Strange Things. Um but that show is owned by iHeart and Premier Radio Networks. And so I produce a show and send it to them. And then by the time it gets processed and posted, it takes at least a week. Sometimes, you know, two or three weeks, just depending on how everything is scheduled. And uh, however, I am able to write you an e-newsletter and say, boom. And you instantly get that information. And and the same goes for this feed, the Joshua P. Warren Daily feed. Um, You should definitely keep your subscription to Joshua P. Warren Daily because this is the only way that I can record something like this, this special report, and hit the button and get it to you instantly. And that's especially important. When it comes to some of the experiments that I'm doing right now. And, you know, I recently sent out an e-newsletter blast and I gave everybody a link to participate in an ESP experiment and uh, that has some potentially very valuable rewards. And uh, I guess there was a guy, he, he emailed me and uh, I don't know, he waited like a week, I guess, to open it. And he said, please tell me I didn't miss out on this. I said, yeah, you did. I'm sorry. Uh, don't wait a week when I send you an e-newsletter if you're interested in participating and interacting with things you know you better open that thing and read it immediately and also take the email address and add it to your contacts to make sure that when I send you an e-newsletter it doesn't just go into your spam folder also when you're there at joshuapwarren.com I'll tell you I am almost sold out of uh, prayer boards and that the, I did an extra batch of uh, Bad Busters, psionic dematerializers, those are almost gone. So if you like this kind of stuff, consider uh, you know buying one of those if you'd like in the Curiosity Shop. Um, and let me just tell you also, okay, here's one update. When it comes to the ESP experiment, when I did round one, all, I mean, thousands of people participated in this. And 70% of the people got it wrong. And I'll tell you what I did. Uh, I, if, if you listen to my uh, podcast about the experiment, I, I said, look, I could be gambling regarding anything. You're not going to know if I'm betting on a sports team or if it's a roulette to table gamble or if it's craps. Well, here's what I did. I asked, do you think it's going to be orange or apple? And that was a roulette wheel bet. And uh, I'm not going to tell you what orange represented and what black represented, but uh, it came up the first time around that Apple was the correct one. 70% of the people did not get that. So the 30% that got that now get to continue And I'm going to keep on doing this until I whittle it down to a small number of people. And then I'm going to change the dynamics of everything and broaden it. But you're never going to know what you're betting on as part of this ESP experiment. This whole place we call Las Vegas is just a big ESP laboratory where motivation and survival instinct and money is the key to developing that sixth sense one last thing i want to tell you before i jump off here is my buddy ron heath is of course an engineer and an inventor who lives in silicon valley you know him best as the creator of the dt meter well he has been experimenting with organ energy And if you don't know what that is, I'll be telling you more about it in the near future. Look it up. O-R-G-O-N-E. It's a very strange, exotic thing that's been a very mysterious subject for for decades. Orgon. And he has created something that he calls the Orgon Hat Insert. And he sent me some of these to play with. These are little special 3d printed plastic organ plates and you put them in a hat and wear them and he says quote they will enhance your ability to relax meditate and think these hat inserts may also enhance your psychic powers especially telekinesis end quote now listen he's not paying me anything this is not a commercial I'm just telling you, I've had some really weird, interesting results already putting these things into a cap and doing some psychic experiments. I I would tell you what they are, but not yet because I don't want to plant a suggestion in your mind. Uh, but if you want to learn more about these things, I put a link. He's, he puts them on eBay. I put a link to his uh, eBay listing for these at uh joshua p warren that's my twitter name at joshua p warren and if you just go to joshua p warren dot com you'll see the little window there where you can scroll down and look at my tweets or just go to ebay and search for orgon hat insert o-r-g-o-n-e orgon hat insert and read about it it's pretty interesting they're doing something that's what i can tell you so far they're doing something and so um you know for me as a guy who's always experimenting and researching stuff the 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 real value of having podcasting is being able to reach uh, a large number of people and and get feedback and share ideas so the, i've given you a lot to think about in this special report but that said in addition to these special reports that you will occasionally get that come directly from me to you, make sure that you listen to Strange Things. And if you go to strangethingsshow.com, strangethingsshow.com, you'll see various links where you can listen to the show for free. And you'll also see my descriptions of every show because sometimes I'll send off the show with a description and by the time the marketing people get done they give it a different description and my descriptions are much more descriptive in my opinion and so therefore uh, to make it easy for you uh if you go to strange things show.com you'll see my description of each one of these episodes and then you can go and you know you can listen through the uh iHeart uh, uh, Platform or Apple or Google or Stitcher or you know all these things are available to you. All right my friends, StrangeThingsShow.com is where you will be hearing me next. new ones are posted every Friday. and I have some really interesting ones coming up soon. Some stuff that I don't usually do, you're going to get to hear. It's going to be pretty exciting. Uh, But uh, betwixt those and these special reports, you can stay very well informed. So that's it for today. I look forward to getting your feedback to this Area 51 Whistleblower Audio. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your interest and support. Thank you for staying curious. And I will talk to you again soon.